Hello everyone, I'm Jen and welcome to another episode of Monogamish Pod. On this week's episode, we have a special guest here with us named Amber. Now, Amber is a wellness professional. She's based in Boston, but the most exciting thing about Amber is that she's also polyamorous and a swinger, or swally to be exact. See that? The episode title kind of comes into play now, don't you think? But uh, before we dive into the details of Amber and her life and her journey into non-monogamy, I want to talk to you about altplayground.net. Now, March was Women's Month. We all know about that. There is Transvisibility Day, which happened fairly recently. And honestly, I just want to shout out altplayground.net for being inclusive in the lifestyle and offering nine different gender identities, nine relationship statuses, and 13 sexual orientations on the website. You know, usually when you sign up for a thing, it's like male, female, other. Well, I think now they're allowing you to include, like, you know, trans, non-binary, whatever. Or, you know, straight, gay, bisexual. Like, ah, maybe we want to talk about pansexuality. Hello. Hi. It's me, the pansexual. Or, you know, married, single, it's complicated. You guys remember that from Facebook? Yeah, we're not doing that anymore. We are diving all in. All in. And All Playground's mission is to provide a fun and inclusive environment for all non-monogamous and sexually open people. So why not start there? With the gender identities, the relationship statuses, and the sexual orientations. You can find all that and more at allplayground.net. So sign up today. Make sure you check us out on there as well as our lovely other podcast friends. You know who they are. And we can't wait to see you over at allplayground.net. Now, let's dive into the episode. Today, I'm introducing Amber to all of you on the podcast. So before we get started, Amber, why don't you tell our listeners a bit about you before I dive into the very deep, hard-hitting questions? <laughs> sure. Uh, my name is Amber. I'm 29 years old. Ooh, I had to think about that for a second. Um, and I live in uh, the Northeast in Boston. <laughs> is there a thriving swinger community in Boston? Just generally, like I'm curious. I don't know much about lifestyle in Boston. Shit, I don't know much about lifestyle in Florida, except for the fact that they have clubs down here. But here we are. Here we are. We're learning something new every day. So I asked for swingers. You said you've been to swinger parties, etc. So what is the swing community like in Boston? So I feel like the swing community, I so my community in general is relatively, well, I don't know, in comparison if it's large or small, but my specific community is around 40 people. And that's including couples, single women, single men. Um, But I would say in general, Boston and the uh, surrounding areas of Maine, New Hampshire, Rhode Island are pretty progressive. And they're very, it's a very kinky like area. Um, But I know of like certain pockets like here and there that are uh, there are like the swinging communities, but I pretty much stay in my swinging community because it's it's what I know and I love everyone in it <laughs> and they're good people. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. I mean, that's the most important part. Why diversify when you've already got it good where you're at? Right? <laughs> so that's where I'm at there. I definitely understand that, that I have never considered myself a swinger or been to a swing party or anything like that. So I'm coming into this like brand new eyes. I learned everything I knew about swinging from TV. Mm -hmm. Well, starting at real sex, of course, and then branching out into the random TV shows and movies that somehow incorporate swingers in them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So really, you are the expert in the field for today. Oh, oh, wow. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right? 
I don't know. Sham, have you had much experience swinging? Uh, I guess you could consider me a swinger, kind of. Not to the levels of, you know, going to an actual sex club or having a proper swing party, but I've had my fair share of, you know, multiple sums with people, like, swapping and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm somewhere in the middle. So if if he's an expert, I'm, like, the, the first grade student trying to learn. <laughs> So she's an expert. She's a teacher. You're in first grade. Where does that put me? Well, I don't know. <laughs> or first, all right, you know, maybe you're like, you're the new student, and you know, this is my, this is me after the first year. I've done one hundred and one, and we're just dropping oh, you straight. Okay. Expert, yeah. R- right. So I'm, I'm at level. I'm just starting level two unexpectedly. You've already completed level one. Amber's all the way at like lecturer level, like <laughs> professor level. And we're all just sitting here looking at each other like, cool. So what happens next? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a college experience. Uh, yeah, that, that is interesting. Okay, so I want to, let's talk more about Amber first. Let, let's get to know you a bit more before I really pepper you with, with my ridiculous questions. Okay. So... What made you interested in swinging? Is there a time where you could say growing up, baby Amber was like, you know what? I want to be a swinger. Well, you know, I've always been a sexually curious person. And I think a big part of that has to do with uh, being a super sheltered child. So as soon as I was able to kind of, you know, explore my sexuality, um, it was definitely something that always intrigued me. Um, but it wasn't until I started um, being active in certain Reddit subreddits, certain Reddit communities that I stumbled a- uh, upon a posting for a swingers party. And it was in um, it was in the area and they were seeking single uh, single females. So I ended up replying to the post saying like, hey, like I'd be interested just to get some more information Um, And so I had a phone conversation with one of the hosts and truly walked into the whole situation blind, really didn't know what to expect. I was kind of nervous to talk to this woman, Um, but she was very kind. She was very sweet. She explained that the reason that she wanted to put together um, a swingers party where it was, you know, highly vetted and she handpicked everyone was because there are a lot of sex clubs in the area. I'm not sure about uh, Boston specifically, but there I know of at least one um, in the Providence area, which is about 45 minutes away from here. And it's pay for entry. Um, some, you know, some unsavory people have like go there. It's not, you know, it, it always feels weird to pay for entry to somewhere like that because it almost feels like you're you're paying for access to people's bodies and that was the one of the one of the things that she uh really wanted to stay away from was you know you don't pay for entry she vets everyone make sure everyone knows the rules which are you know consent 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 um everything is uh there for you that you need uh wet wipes condoms toys um but you basically bring everything that you need to be comfortable. Um, So after our short conversation, she let me know that she would add me to the email list and that she would send out the, uh, the directions for day of parking and all that fun stuff and the address. And that was kind of how I stumbled, stumbled upon this particular swinging community. 
Oh, that's interesting. I don't use Reddit. Sham, do you use Reddit? Like, have you seen Reddits like this in your perusal of the site? I have been on Reddit for a couple of years now, and not once did it ever lead to me having sex. So I'm upset right now. <laughs> but I can understand. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think I'm in a prominent community like you are. <laughs> I feel like, um, well, Reddit itself is, depending which you know which pockets of Reddit you go into, they can be pretty, you know, pretty PG. Like I, I have a completely different, separate Reddit account where I look up how to, you know, mount TVs and looking to see. Uh, if a certain like makeup palette is on sale somewhere, but then I have a separate Reddit where, you know, out mountain men. Yeah. I, you know, post pictures of my tits and me in lingerie and just like fun, sexy Reddit. So there, there are definitely pockets where things like this go, go on. <laughs> oh, I've definitely seen these kind of Reddits because they always do like the, uh, I'm a whoever age woman looking for man or here to send pictures and stuff like that. But, you know, it's always, based on a, like a geographic community. So I never really participated mm. in any of that. And now I'm thinking about it. I probably should have done that thing where I had one sexy Reddit and one non-sexy Reddit. Because now, <laughs> if I go through my history, it's like porn, porn, porn. Oh, here's a cool video on cats or something. Porn, porn. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and that's pretty much why I had to separate the two. Because it's like, you know, I'd be commenting in subreddits like, oh, like, has anyone... Like, I know this palette is sold out, but like, does anyone know where I can get it? Or does anyone have this? And then it's also like, ooh, how do I look? Uh, How does my ass look in these, this new thong? (laughs) So it was, you know, I just needed to separate the two. (laughs) I I don't even have a Reddit account. So I'm definitely (laughs) operating at a loss here. I, I use Reddit to look at like Bachelor and Bachelorette spoilers and stuff like that. So, well, yeah, that's real. I mean, Reddit <laughs> is literally for everything. That's kind of what's great about it. There's a yeah. community for literally everything. Mm. Okay. Well, yeah. So I guess it does make sense because when someone looks at you, they can see everything you ever posted or something, right? On Reddit? Yeah. So it's, and it's funny too because my, you know, my sexy Reddit is me being sexy, me posting sexy things. And I really didn't want that to be partnered with, you know, me asking because I feel like in certain communities people can kind of figure out who you are and I wanted to you know have a little bit of anonymity or at least you know a little bit more control over you know who saw my page oh yeah that makes sense that definitely makes some sense so you found this reddit you decided I'm gonna go to a swing party I'm just I'm just gonna do this and I appreciate that conversation about paying for access to people Because that is one reason why I do not go to sex clubs Mm -hmm. down here. Um, Just because there's this like, oh, yeah, you got to pay this exorbitant amount of money to go in there. And I'm like, okay, but um, I wouldn't pay this much to go to a regular club. Exactly. It's like you're hiking the price just for that access to someone else's body that I may not even want. Mm -hmm. And so I appreciate that person putting together a party just that's properly vetted as well because that's mad important mm-hmm. you know it's who the hell you're gonna find at these weird parties yeah and that was i think you know the scariest part is you truly you know she sounded normal enough on the phone and she also had um a reddit profile and you know pictures of her you know you know edited pictures where you know you couldn't really see exactly who she was but looked like a person in terms of you know sexy reddit someone who i'd get along with but that was pretty much my only peek into what i was getting myself into okay so how long ago was that like 
And you've been doing this for a while, so. Yeah, that was was four years ago now. Oh, see, guys? Mm -hmm. Professor level. She's already graduated. (laughs) She's at the level. I told you. Told you. Four years ago, you walk into a party, and then you decide, I'm going to stay here forever. Yeah. um, Yeah, walking into the party truly did not know what to expect. I think I had in my mind, going back to just, like, references that you see on TV and in the media, I was just under the impression that, you know, it was going to be, like, tall, like, beautiful women and super, you know, jacked men. And I'm so little bit, bit about me. I'm a super curvy 5'5 five, five black woman. So I don't really fit into any of those. <laughs> um, but when I walked in, I was relieved to see that, you know, it was a nice mix of, you know, nationalities, backgrounds, uh, professions, body type. So it it felt a little bit, it felt less intimidating. Um, And truly, at least in my community, everyone's just like a big, a big nerd. We're all nerds who just like sex. And (laughs) it's, uh, it's really fun. Well, I'm happy to see to hear that you weren't the only black person there, or at least not the only person that wasn't white, because that's usually how these stories go. You walk in and all of a sudden, you know, you're the one non-white and it's, it gets weird, but at least you said they're a nice little mix. Yeah, it was, that was also very surprising to me is that I was, you know, I'm, I'm used to being the only black person in a lot of spaces. So it was nice to see that not only were there other black people, but there were also people of other ethnicities. Um, and I think now that I'm thinking about back to that first party, I think, the minorities of the the minorities outnumbered the white people in the room, which was kind of wild. Which, oh, but wow. also very very exciting to see. Shout out to that organizer. I know. Oh God, she's so great. <laughs> so she's whose parties you go to all the time now. Then, well, so since since then the uh, the host dynamic has kind of shifted. So she initially uh, would plan the party. So I, I guess I never realized. Uh, how much went into these parties to have them organized because, you know, she's vetting people. Um, she's also securing a venue. Um, we were, we're always lucky enough. We have a, a friend who owns a beautiful, beautiful loft apartment in um, the downtown area of a city north of uh, Boston. Um, it's a really big space. He graciously lets us use it um, for all of the parties. Um, but she's finding, you know, inviting all of the uh, past attendees seeing who's coming, um, seeing, I guess, the ratios of couples to single men to single women, and then to fill in the gaps, she's posting to Reddit and to, you know, FetLife and really making sure that there's a, a good ratio, I suppose. Um, and just organizing it, making sure that everyone has directions, knows what, what they're doing, getting, you know, quote unquote, supplies, condoms, making sure the sex toys are clean, wet wipes, things like that. So it's a lot that goes into it. Um, But recently, she and her husband, um, they bought a house, they moved a little bit farther away. So the there was a little bit of a shift in responsibilities to another gentleman who has also done a really great job of organizing and putting putting these parties together. That's great. That was yeah. a sad day, though. I'm thinking everyone getting like an email that, oh, no, we're moving. I was like, oh, no, <laughs> who's going to have the orgies now? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, it was kind of, we, well, we kind of knew 
um, that they were getting a little bit busier because they would come to parties and then leave a little bit earlier. They, you know, would say like, hey, like, we actually can't come to this one, but have fun. So it was kind of, you know, as their, you know, their relationship progressed, they bought a house, they, you know, had some kids. So it's a little, it's a little like anything, it's harder to manage. Um, but they are still active participants when they can uh, get to parties, but kind of the organizing shift has been shifted in a different direction, but still great. Okay. Well, I mean, since you have an amazing community around you, amazing people, it, I, it, this sounds like a perfect first swinger experience, I think, to me. I yeah. It, I really couldn't have asked for a better um, a better situation. I don't know if you want me to kind of like lay lay the scene for you. Um, of what- uh, I'm I'm nosy. I want to know everything. Oh sure. So okay. So I I got the invitation, the email. So the the other thing that I I really appreciate is that she was very thorough. Um, you know, she laid out the rules just you know just so that there's no you know mistake in communication, anything like that. She says, listen, we're all adults. Um, you have to ask for consent no matter what. If we find out that, you know, you're making anyone feel uncomfortable or there's something weird going on, you will be asked to leave. Um, So there are people at each of the parties who are, you know, pretty much staying, I guess, lucid's not the right word, but staying alert to make sure that they are like the the contact person or the point person to let someone know if something funky is happening, which I've never seen happen. Um, So, you know, she laid that out, you know, consent is key. Uh, It's always BYOB. Um, no hard drugs. If you want to like uh, marijuana is legal in Massachusetts. So if you want to smoke, you can smoke, but you have to do it outside. Um, the host, uh, is always super gracious. He always makes, or not the host, the person who's, um, lawful use always makes an absorbent amount of food and it's like, there's cookies and snacks. So we're always fed, but it's BYOB. Um, always have to be responsible with that. Um, so when I went, I was super nervous. I wasn't sure what to wear. I think I like wore like jeans and a top and I was greeted by, uh, the person who owned the loft. And I walked into just a room with about, I think the first party I went to, I think there were about nine couples and maybe five or six single guys and girls. Um, and at first it was just a bunch of people sitting around drinking, you know, beers or seltzers and kind of, I I guess they had been, a couple of them had been doing it for a while and a couple newbies. And the host first started off with, uh, some icebreakers. It was, it was, I was a college, a college RA. So it felt very, uh, floor meeting esque of like the icebreakers getting to know one another, um, and then, you know, after a couple rounds of that, you started to see people, um, you know, slowly break off. Maybe, you know, couples who came together would start having sex in one of the rooms. Um, and then you start to converse with people and get a feel for, you know, what it is that people are looking for. And you start to break off and people, you know, ask like, oh, would you like to join us in in this room? Or would you like to watch us as we fuck in this room? Um, so it was it was a nice um, it was a nice transition. Also, someone brought a Sibian, so there. I think that was like my first uh, that was my first experience with a Sibian, um, and we kind of played games with the Sibian. Someone had the controller, and that was like a fun, I guess, like icebreaker. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, we need to pause right there. Okay, right at that moment, we're pausing for a cause here. Okay, so let me just put down my notebook. <laughs> right, <laughs> I. 
what was that like? <laughs> the, the the Sibian. I need to know more about the Sibian. Like that. That's that's where I'm focused on right now. <laughs> everything else sounds great, but I have this thing about sex machines. Yeah, <laughs> I need to so, know everything about them. Yeah. So some one of the one of the guys uh, who came w- with his partner brought a Sibian. I, it was it was very strange because he walked in with a suitcase. I was like, is he spending the night? What's going on? But he had this Sibian in a suitcase. And he was like, yeah, I thought I would bring it. Uh, it might be fun if anyone wants to, you know, take a ride. So he, he takes out the Sibian and it is this one in particular uh, was very big. I don't know how big they usually are, but it was it looked like a like a half of an ottoman <laughs> and it was a half cylinder. And when it turn when you turn it on it truly sounds like a like a low flying plane and it was a good thing that the under the carpet in this loft was cement because if you had like thin walls or lived in like a an apartment building your neighbors would definitely hate you slash think that maybe a plane was about to hit the building um wow yeah so this was a super powerful machine um and i think like i remember uh yeah we just like we just took turns like sitting on it and then someone would have the controller and at one point we like made a game out of like who can like who can take the most right so i I remember uh like sitting i took my pants off and like sat on the sibian and uh the host uh the woman i was speaking about earlier she was the one controlling it and everyone's just like you know this is still pretty early on in the night. So everyone's just kind of like on looking and she's like, can you take more? And I'm like, yep, I can take more. And it was, it was, it was pretty fun. It was very pleasurable. And it was, it was uh, definitely experience having a very public orgasm in front of, uh, you know, 20 or so people that I had never met before. (laughs) I, I am thrilled. I am excited. (laughs) I need a machine. I need a machine like this i need it yeah they're i mean i guess i guess they're not cheap i I remember it's a kind of a testament to the nerdiness of this group um the gentleman who brought it said yeah like i had a bunch of old like magic the gathering cards and a bunch of like old pokemon cards that i wasn't using anymore so i sold them all on ebay and then i got about 1400 bucks and i decided hey i'll buy a sibian wow i don't (laughs) think i could ever imagine those two things Leading to each other, right? Oh, I sold my, my sorry. I sold all my old Pokemon cards and got a giant sex machine. <laughs> Amazing. How? Oh man, I okay. So we can literally stay on the Sibian point all night, but it's fine. We can continue. We can talk about the rest of the party now. You you've ridden the Sibian. We're doing the thing. Mm-hmm. We're warming up. We're getting to know each other. People are watching. People are touching. People are doing. So yeah, let, let, let's keep going on this first experience. Yeah, and I guess from that point, my you know my pants were already off. Um, you know, then I you know you I I kind of did the walking around thing, just you know watching, and then um I, the the uh, person whose loft it was was really really great in uh kind of facilitating the whole party. So you know he was walking around, uh you know making sure everyone was fed everyone was hydrated um was asking like oh like if you saw someone kind of standing off in the you know into the side looking like they want to insert themselves into something or maybe ask he's like oh like do you think that you would want to you know use this flogger 
Um, do you, do you want me to show you how to use the flogger? Like you can, you know, try it on me. I can try it on you. Um, there were sex toys. It was, a, it was a lot of, um, it was just, it was a lot of, uh, intro t- for me, at least for the first time of doing a lot of things like using a flogger on someone, um, using a sex toy on someone who I didn't, you know, know for a really long time. Um, and it was, it was just really fun. I got to, uh, I got to do things and have, it's, I think there's, there's just something to be said for having all of your holes filled at the same time and also having like three pairs of hands on you. I don't know if that's too graphic, but it was just, it was truly something, something beautiful. Oh, that's the right <laughs> amount of graphic. Don't worry. <laughs> that is that is the perfect amount. I have never experienced this, but now I need it. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely. I I I tell everyone, I was just like, you have to do it at least once. Um, but yeah, it was it was nice. Everyone was super respectful, which was really important to me because you know. Especially, you know, I, and I was kind of looking to everyone else. Like, I, the one thing I really didn't want to happen was for me to be tokenized at this party as, like, the, you know, the curvy black girl. Like, I didn't want to feel fetishized or, you know, used as, like, I don't know, like, anyone's black girl experience. But I didn't get that at all. Um, but, yeah. And it was it was really fun to play with a bunch of different people at once. I remember at one point... Um, there was a lady there who I was vibing with uh, at the beginning of the party and she invited me to play with her, her and her, uh, Dom. And it was just really fun being like with two other people while other people watched, watched on. And then we invited another girl in. So then it was the four of us. And then we invited a couple in. So then it was the, you know, the six of us. And at one point it just turned into just, you know, seven people on one king size bed, just hands everywhere, mouths full. And at the end, I think it was like 30 minutes later, we just were all, we'd all come and we were all just happy. And then we were just like laying in a big, we call it a puddle, just like laying in a big puddle on the bed, just like, oh, this is so great. And then at one point around, I want to say like 1230, every, like all the, everyone just like congregates in the kitchen and everyone's just like some level of naked. And we're just all just in the kitchen eating these cookies that the host baked. We're just like, wow, these are some good cookies. And we're just like all very naked eating cookies in a kitchen. And it was, it was just very, a very fun sight. <laughs> That's such a beautiful image in your head. Just everybody hanging out post. Yep. <laughs> just eating cookies. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a fun, it was a fun, fun oh, so You did so many first things on that day because you said it's the first time using a flogger, first time on the Sibian, yeah. first, it sounds like your first group experience of that size. Yes. Um, first time uh, having a girl sit on my face. The first time sitting on a face, wow. uh, which was, oh, goodness, A+. Plus. <laughs> oh. um, and that was another reason that I really wanted to uh, go to this party is because I was, at that point, um, had just, not just come to terms with my sexuality, but all throughout college, I was just like, oh, I don't need labels because, like, I'm not a soup can. So, like, I don't, I'm not straight. I'm not bi. I'm just me. But then would slowly come to terms with the fact, it's like, no, like, 
I am very much like pansexual. Like I like to date a lot of different people. I like to have sex with a lot of different people. So for me, that was my first time. Um, I think that was my, it was not my first time uh, having sex with women, but it was like one of my first real experiences outside of that, you know, one drunken hookup with my friend from college. <laughs> I understand exactly what you mean. So yeah, you explored a lot of things that, that one time you went, you went all or nothing. Yeah. And it was, it was great. It was awesome. Yeah, from 101 right into the advanced level, just just mm-hmm. in one night. So <laughs> definitely that seemed to have turned you into turned you on. I mean, I wanted you to keep coming back for more. So yeah. did you feel any awkwardness when you got home after the experience? You know, no, it was um I felt I I just like couldn't wait to tell anyone who would listen about it. All of my friends were very very nervous for me to go to this party. Um, a lot of my friends are, most of my friends are monogamous, um, and straight. So they were just like, well, you don't know these people like drop a pin when you get there. Um, but no, it didn't feel awkward. It was actually, uh, it was really great. I got to connect with a lot of different people. Um, we, they actually added me, they have a a big telegram group where at that time it was kick. There was a big kick group where everyone kind of, uh, kept in touch with one another, um, you know, we'd be messaging with one another throughout the week, um, kind of getting excited for the next party. Um, so it was it was a really and then you just you just meet a bunch of different people. You meet you find out that people are, you know, local and, you know, you end up meeting up with them either in a platonic way or you meet up with them to play with them, you know, separately from the group. So it definitely opened up a lot of friendships, a lot of uh friendly sexy friends um so yeah an orchard telegram uh i've been there is all i can say right now (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, been there uh but no this this sounds like a very wonderful experience so you were were you you were a single woman you said when you got into this did you get into a relationship at all throughout this part of your swigger journey in the past four years have you been in a serious relationship so when i first started swinging and i just gotten out of a very long-term relationship a monogamous relationship and i had then at that point come to terms with the fact that monogamy wasn't for me so the first party i went to i was a single lady um the when i kept going to the parties i think the second party that i went to um i was in an open relationship uh with my partner at the time um, he did not want to come with me. He said that he, that would, that wasn't something that he wanted to do, but he, you know, encouraged me to go and have fun, which is, you know, super cool of him. Um, yeah. So I've been, I've been single. I've been partnered. I've been mostly, uh, mostly, so I identify as solo poly. Um, so I at first wanted to keep this as kind of a thing I did, uh, for me, separate of my partners. Um, it was just kind of like, you know, my fun thing that I I did. But uh, I was dating someone who I did invite with me, was getting pretty serious. Um, we were both poly as well. Um, but he ended up moving out of the state. But he did come to a couple parties with me, which also changes the dynamic a little bit um, of going as a single person versus going um, as a couple, I feel like. Because I feel like it's a little bit easier to approach 
a couple or a couple approaching another couple rather than um, I feel like sometimes couples approaching a single person, they can feel it can almost feel like, you know, two against one, like they're kind of cornering you. But that's never, never really the case. But I think that's kind of the mindset of certain people. Yeah, it can look sort of, not like predatory, but I know what you mean. That kind of like a, hey, we're swooping in on you. Hi. Mm-hmm. Hi. Coming to our web. Situations, <laughs> I understand. I think it's just more, yeah. it feels more like uneven ground when it's, you know, it's two on two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, and I think it's more, yeah, it's just, it makes it a little bit easier. Um, but it's definitely a different dynamic, especially uh, when there are a lot more people. I think the last party that I went to with my partner um it was a bigger party this was a a very this i think was the biggest party that we had we had about 50 people there um so lots of new faces so it it makes it a little bit easier to kind of break the ice and you already have that person that's there with you so you can you know start the night off you know having sex with them and then you can explore together you can you know part ways come back to one another um you know introduce one another to you know, different people that you may not have met yet. So it, it's a, it is definitely different. Um, but I like, I like the experiences uh, both ways. Usually as a single, a single lady, I tend to lean more so uh, in a specific way. Like I remember I have a friend who I've met through these parties and we, we were, we got together uh, outside of the party. I went, uh, I was with him and his, his wife now, they had just had a baby. So I was over just visiting and he had mentioned to me, he's just like, yeah, the first time uh, I met you at a party, I was a little intimidated because you were just like on a mission. And I didn't think you were, you were into guys because, you know, you were just every time I turned around, you had a pussy in your face. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, that, that tracks. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yep. <laughs> what a life. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but yeah, it's it's definitely different depending on uh, if you go as a couple versus a single lady. But I, I like to go as a single lady most of the time. Where do you even keep a party with 50 people? In So there are these, so I feel like a lo- with a lot of, you know, major metropolises in the United States, I feel like gentrification is like a very big thing. So there are these, I feel like, especially in Massachusetts, they do a lot of um, old sugar mills and a lot of like old warehouses that get turned into lofts. And the guy who lets us use his apartment, um, he just has like this big, beautiful, like three bedroom loft open concept. Just like it's just like very, very nice. Um, but so basically what ends up happening is that you usually start with 50 people and then some newbies will come and they're like, yeah, like this isn't necessarily for me. Or maybe they just like wanted to try it out or maybe they just decided like, yeah, no, like I'm not, I'm not for this. And you get like at least two or like three or four people who end up leaving before anything really jumps off. Um, And then you have people who truly just stay to converse. And, and that's the other thing I love about it. It's truly no pressure. There are people who come they just want to talk to people, kind of see what's what it, everything is about. They never take their clothes off. Um, and that's totally fine. We, you know, we never make anyone feel like, oh, like, look at that weirdo over there. Like, they're not fucking anybody. Um, it's always just like, a, like, yeah, that's cool, too. Like, if like, and they will ask to watch and they'll just kind of hang out. And that's totally fine. And then you have people who, 
you know, want to jump right in and they want to do everything and have all the experiences, which is also super cool. Wow. I, I need a part of this community. I'm going to write down Massachusetts as a place to go after yeah. all this is done. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Come on up. <laughs> now, this is very interesting to me, especially because you also identify as polyamorous and solo mm-hmm. poly. So there's a lot of talk that I have heard personally about how swinging and poly don't go together and that, you know, swingers are really poly people, poly people are really swingers. It, there's a lot of things where does it go with that? So your your first journey into non-monogamy, would you say that was realizing you were poly or definitely the swinger part came first? Well, for me, the non-monogamy piece was truly, I was, so I was in a relationship with a man that I met in college. Um, we were together for three years. And at that point, I was really wrestling with my sexuality and, you know, going to him, you know, really saying like, I think I might also be attracted to women and him kind of saying, well, you know, I feel like the very classic toxic, like hetero monogamous relationshipy things of like, oh, well, you can have sex with a woman, but I have to be there and I have to be able to have sex with her too. So I just kind of, it just slowly turned into like, maybe this, definitely this relationship isn't for me, but also I feel like monogamy in the classic sense is not for me either um so when I started dating again after that relationship I started dating women um I still dated men um but I just ne- I just made sure that everyone was on board with the fact of I first at first I was doing like the casual thing but then I just re- I remembered that I like I really I do crave you know meaningful connections with people um so I started to kind of listen to podcasts and read books about non-monogamy. I think everyone's, you know, 101 book that they read when they are kind of diving into that is The Ethical Slut, right? I think a lot of people have read that. Um, So I read that and kind of learned about different relationship dynamics and said, okay, like this is something that I can definitely explore. Um, So I started dating people. I had, I've had a lot of wonderful partners. Um, to this day, I've had long-term partners. I still, you know, I, I'm dating currently um, a gentleman who I've been dating for three years. Um, I, along the way, have dated other people. I'm currently dating a couple. Um, so, but I wanted to make sure also that I felt, I felt like the the hierarchical system of like primaries and secondaries felt, it just felt... Uh, I don't know. Like, I would never want to, you don't rank your friends that way. Like, oh, these are my primary friends and my secondary friends. So it always felt very strange for me, at least, to rank my partners in that way. Um, and for me, you know, I I feel like I have to take care of myself before all else. So it just made sense to for me to be my primary partner. And then upon further research, it's like, oh, there's a name for that. It's called solo poly. So that's kind of how I came to terms with my solo polyamory. Oh, yeah. See, guys, next level. I told you, we try to bring people who are smarter than us on this (laughs) podcast all the time, who've done the work that they need to do. And it's definitely, I, I mean, I appreciate it. So you have several partners that you see now. Are they, are any of those partners involved in swinging as well? Or is it mostly just you? No, for so I decided that like this is the one thing that is kind of my solo activity because I I wanted to so my partner who I did go with to the parties 
ended up moving um, across the country. And more so for me, I was just like, do I just, I don't, I don't know how I want to, if how I want to navigate, like keep bringing in, you know, new people every time. And that's the other thing is that it's always not guaranteed that there will be a spot for someone new at the party. So for example, um, the way the organizer puts together these specific parties is he invites all of the past attendees, gets a head count of who's going to be there. Sometimes it's everyone who's ever who's been invited to the last party wants to come again. Um, and then there's really no quote unquote room for anyone else to come, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. So it's always, it's never like a, like a certainty that like you can bring a partner unless, you know, it's, you've always come as partners. And I've, I think, especially since I started out as like a single woman coming to the parties, the organizer has always been very respectful of, you know, you are a part of our group and we, you know, will welcome in anyone who you're partnered with. But I just, you know, I don't want to, you know, I know that you're polyamorous and I don't want to step on any toes by, you know, inviting any of your partners unless that's like weird for your dynamics because you know different people different dynamics you know so he always makes sure that he's like yeah like you can come like if you want to bring a partner you can if you don't want to you don't have to which is really nice of them see that's lovely that's that's dream that's definitely what i think is good about how tight you are with your community yeah because you have that kind of freedom and that leeway and they definitely respect you and i I enjoy that. I love hearing about this. I'm also jealous, but I love hearing about this. <laughs> well, not jealous. It is, I am... I'm jealous. <laughs> I, I'm not jealous. I just wish that it was me. <laughs> well, you know, it started out super small. I remember I, I like looked back um, in uh, the original hostess's post history and, you know, she started these parties, you know, five years ago, six years ago. And, you know, it started out with like six couples and like a like maybe one or two single people. And now it's turned into this, you know, I was looking at our group chat earlier and there's, you know, 40 of us in the group chat. So <laughs> it's turned into something like pretty, pretty, pretty big. <laughs> it's definitely it's big. It's amazing, though. And especially having such a diverse group of people, like we said, usually yes. when we have seen swingers on TV and even through people that we know, it's very much um, for a certain complexion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Bury that. Bury that. Um, especially, I mean, I would have thought, well, I mean, I know that Boston is diverse, but also there's a lot of thoughts about diversity in Boston that other people yeah. have. Yeah. I cannot share those thoughts because I don't live there. I'm not an expert on such things, but I have heard the things. I've also yeah. heard the things. Well, I've been living here for 10 years, so I can speak on it. <laughs> um, you know, Boston's a, it's a pretty, I mean, it's a pretty white city. It's a pretty white city. Um, and it's also a very successfully segregated city. Um, I live in, I live in a, a part of the city. I live in, in Brighton, which is like more suburban and like, it's a little bit closer. It's more West. It's like, I think the westernmost part of like city limits. Um, and I also live really close to, uh, like the universities, there's a bunch of universities I live, live really close to BC. So it's a lot of, uh, young students, young families, young professionals. Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty white, but the thing about these parties is that it, I feel like, especially 
with the special communities like swingers communities, you have to kind of like cast a broad net. So we have people who are coming from, you know, all over the New England area. So like our organizer, for example, I believe he lives in New Hampshire. Um, And then we have people coming as far as North Adams, which if you don't know where that is, it's, uh, it's truly like the corner, the the northwesternmost corner of Massachusetts, which is pretty much it's basically New York. So people are are traveling for this. So we, you know, it's we cast a wide net. But so I think that's where the diversity comes in, where it's you know a broader a broader range of people. Mm, okay, okay, I can see that. I mean, Florida, South Florida, where I am, is a pretty diverse place just in technicalities Mm -hmm. but um i don't engage much with the community the lifestyle community in any any regard like not Mm. poly people not necessarily swingers like nothing i have not engaged much outside in the real world with them of course the internet is the internet but outside in the real world 2020 was supposed to be my year girl like you don't even understand (laughs) i was supposed to be hoeing i was supposed to be doing all the shits in 2020 and then rona said (laughs) bitch you thought (laughs) you thought you were gonna be doing this shit but nah nah oh no yeah Yeah. it's been hard i yeah it's been i i truly and it's been so sad too because we had um so typically we meet uh, the groups we meet usually quarterly, we have like a big party quarterly. And then we all miss each other so much that we typically will plan like in between parties. Uh, usually we'll like rent out a suite at a hotel and it'll just be a couple of us, maybe like like 10 or 15 of us. And we'll just get a suite and like spend spend the night, you know, having a grand old time. Um, but our our last big party was supposed to happen in May. And, you know, we're and that's the other thing is we're all very responsible. We're all very conscious of, you know, one another's health. Um, so we just, you know, said it's 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 not doesn't look like something that we should do right now. And then we said, OK, well, we'll plan for July because truly this can't last until July. LOL. Um, yep. So obviously that party also got postponed. So I haven't seen I haven't seen my buddies in I haven't seen them since I think I think the last party was in February. So, you know, it's been yeah. tough. That was going to be my next question. Like, how have you guys been holding up in the pandemic? Truly lots of lots of memes in the group chat. Just a lot of we miss you. We can't wait to can't wait to get together again. I know that a couple um, a couple people have been um, meeting in smaller groups. I, I right now don't feel super comfortable doing that because I come in contact with a lot of people who are high risk for work. So I for me, it's um it's not worth the risk, but like, I know I've, there's two couples that I know who've been getting together for, um, just like just two on two fun activity time. Um, I know that there was a, I'm not sure if it actually happened, but I know that there was a smaller gathering that the organizer was trying to put together in a hotel. Um, I'm not sure if that actually happened. He asked me if I wanted to come and I said, you know, not now, but you know, whenever the next party is, let me know. So no one has suggested Zoom orgies yet? Is that, is that another thing? No. Oh, my gosh. What an idea. 
What an idea that is. Wait, you guys haven't been doing that? So that's one of the first things that started popping up in the pandemic, right? So I, a little backstory about Sham and I in this mm-hmm. time period. Uh, we discovered Black Poly Pride's online events are Black people allowed in, I think it was April? Because they were supposed to be Black Poly Pride in June, July 2020. Mm-hmm. So in April 2020, we discovered their online event. I, I think I discovered it. I say we like Sham was what I, I discovered it. I can't remember Real how God. I did it. She just yeah. <laughs> disappeared and then came back with a whole community of black people. Yeah. I, I went away for one Saturday and I came back and I was like, great. So I have met all these poly people. You guys should log on to zoom immediately and be a part of this group. And one of the first things we talked about there was people who had been going to online sex parties, like zoom orgies, using house party, all sorts of stuff like that. And um, even listening to Horrible Decisions, this podcast I listened to, they talked about, yeah, um, Mandy was helping to host or went to, she was helping to host, I think, a Zoom orgy. And so like you bring people, you put people front and center, like on the stage and stuff like that. It's all through technology, but it's interesting just like how some people have adapted in this particular way. I mean, the first thing people were doing was taking off their clothes on the internet. And I was like, well, as someone who already does that period, this is not a surprise to me. (laughs) This is something that could have happened. So I'm very surprised you guys didn't go the zoom orgy route. But again, it also depends on, you know, being with someone because it's, if you're not in your house or in your space at the orgy with another person, you're just there touching yourself all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't currently live with any of my partners. So that would probably just be like me. Just in front of a webcam. <laughs> I would be sad. I'd be like, look at you guys getting to touch each other. I just have my womanizer. Right? Like, remember human touch? <laughs> I still don't know about that. I'm I'm still not there yet. Shamless <laughs> with his wife. He has no room to have. He's not a part of this conversation. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I wish I, I, I could remember, you know, foreign human touch. Does that count? You know? No. <laughs> well, all right then. <laughs> I'm not saying I have it as bad. I'm just, you know, there's levels to this, as I always say. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a... Yeah, I've I've decided that... Well, this may seem a little hierarchical, but I decided kind of at the beginning of the pandemic that I wasn't going to see anyone um, for, like, for a while. And by a while, I mean until, like, July. Um, And then I started seeing one partner... And then I started uh, dating again, uh, actively like on dating apps and mostly doing like socially distanced dating, uh, going on like six feet apart walks, things like that. Um, some Zoom, some Zoom dates. Uh, but yeah, so just like the hum- the being not being able to like properly hoe has been has been a, a, a dark time for 2020. It's a tragedy. Yeah. Damn tragedy. This is the dark time, my love. There's even a poem about it. The poem is not really about this, but I feel it's relevant in this situation. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. So you've done that. You've explored this. You said you started actively dating, you know, dates, all sorts of other things. So how else have you been keeping sane in the pandemic? Um, I've been doing a lot of reading. Um, I've been, I've just been reading everything in sight. Um, I've read every book on my bookshelf every like reading list that has come out uh just that's what been a lot of what i've been doing and then you know i've been doing the you know the next netflix thing watching all the documentaries i'm getting really into true crime right now 
really really i never really understood the appeal but like now i am like fully in uh with all of it i love the not the netflix documentaries i just watched one um the american american murder on netflix it's so good um and then just exercising i i feel like the whole pandemic i've been on a search for just like heavy dumbbells and i finally like maybe three months ago like found enough equipment to like make a home gym which is exciting i just came i just uh, acquired a spin bike that i set up in my room so i feel like i'm just like living the dream i never have to leave the house um but yeah just mostly like reading everything and exercising so you know i'm just a smart strong hottie now I am jealous about that. I mean, I spent most of my pandemic time drinking copious amounts of alcohol. So there's that. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's made me a better bartender. Oh, nice. I, yeah. It's made me a better bartender. I, yeah, I, my old roommate got me a cocktail book for my birthday or Christmas or something several years ago and a little cocktail set. So like a muddler, you know, shaker, everything. Mm-hmm. So I never really used it before. But then the pandemic came and I was like, well, you're buying all this alcohol anyway. Who wants a rum and coke when you can make yourself a mojito from scratch? No mix, no nothing. You buy the mint, you do all the stuff by hand and it's good. I was making Manhattans, old fashions. I was, I was doing the whole thing. I mean, I still, I'm not as much now because I have an outside job that makes me have to go out in the real world several Mm -hmm. days a week. But before when I was at home, just focusing primarily on content shit yeah yeah that we was all cope another- in different ways yeah well yeah and that's that was another thing that i got i got furloughed for i was furloughed for four months so i was you know truly losing my mind i was just inside just inside and then when i did go outside it was just truly to sit on like my porch and just sunbathe or to read outside but yeah it's but that's honestly, that's impressive because I didn't do, I actually stopped drinking during quarantine, which I, I feel like a lot of people didn't do. I wasn't a big drinker to begin with, but it would just get to the point where, you know, you're having all of these like Zoom happy hours and you're so excited to see like, you know, your coworkers or your friends. But then once the Zoom happy hour ends, you're just like drunk and alone in your apartment. And I was just like, Oop, this this doesn't feel great. <laughs> No, I it it did not feel great. That's why I stopped going to the Zoom hangouts. Yeah. Kidding, kidding. <laughs> but also not kidding. I I was zoomed out. I was zoomed out because I was going to online conferences because that's really what I spent a lot of my time doing. Oh. I, I made it seem as if I was drinking all the time. I wasn't just drinking at home alone. I was drinking at conferences with other people. Yeah. <laughs> so I was learning more about romance because you know I love romance novels. So I went to some romance novel you know conferences. Ooh. I was on everyone's. IG live. I did zoom. I did polyamorous things. I did. I was doing everything. I was doing everything. So I was productive, but also with wine. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is a great conversation. I'm having a good time. We should have Amber back all the time, Sham. I feel like she's got good vibes. Definitely. She's one of those uh, new old friends. Or it's like, oh, we just met, but it's like we've been friends for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> this is so I fun. just met you. And this is crazy. <laughs> See, exactly. Exactly. See, meant to be, guys. You're you're witnessing the romance right here. We love it's to happening. <laughs> so I'm trying to think, is there anything else that I want to ask you? Sham, is there anything that you want to ask Amber? 
no, I've, I've learned so much today and it's been a good little journey, I think. Well, I mean, I could always go back to the Sibian. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was true. That was that was wild. I had no, because he said it a couple times. He was just like, yeah, I brought a Sibian. I'm like, that's cool. I don't know what that is, but he brought one. And then when he brought it out, I was just like, oh, I've seen this in porn. <laughs> exactly. So that's why I want one. I want a fucking machine of my own. Are you I'm sorry? Type of sex toy that's like an appliance. Like, like yes. delivered to your house and like yes. you're pulling it in and your neighbors are looking at us like, is that is that a mini fridge? What's going it on? It is a mini fridge for my vagina. Yup. <laughs> and I like think about that often. I'm just like, what would happen? Because I th- I've seen people like I've seen like smaller ones that like you can put up on a bed, but this is this was truly like an industrial Sibian. It it felt like you could hear it throughout the whole apartment and then i remember at one point i stepped outside um to get some air and i came back up the i was as it was coming down like the hallway i could like you could truly like hear it It truly it sounds like a low-flying plane and it's it's super powerful it's like i don't think i could feel my legs for like a solid five minutes afterwards after riding it okay so is it just like the is there attachments like do you attach like dildos or things to it like t- t- walk us through for people who don't know what a Sibian is aside from the fact that it's a fucking machine all right walk people through like what the set what the actual setup on the seat is like so a, the Sibian itself is like a it's like a half cylinder um and you you straddle it and you know it it's super it like it gives out heavy vi- vibrations so there the host or not the host the guy who brought the sibian did have some attachments the attachment that i used was just the like it was like a ridged attachment so it wasn't uh wasn't the penetrative attachment penetrative is that a word yeah um it sure it is yeah um it wasn't that attachment so it was just like uh, like a ridged attachment that you put on top. Um, and that's the one that I use, but there was a phallic attachment. Um, and there was like a smaller attachment that I guess would, you know, go in, go up, go up the butt. Um, but I just used the, the regular attachment, which was, Oh, Oh, ooh, baby. It was all I needed. <laughs> a glowing endorsement. Yeah, it was it was a ton of fun. And it's it's a fun, it's a fun like toy to use because like I at one point I was sitting on it and they were just passing around the remote. And like when someone saw that I was getting close, they would just turn it down super duper low. And I was just like, oh, like this is this is so fun, but also don't be mean to me. <laughs> so you became the party favor for a minute. Truly. And I I had I had no regrets. <laughs> that makes me wonder. All right, so your very first orgy. Here's a Sibian. Have you seen? Have you been to any with anything crazier or weirder or more fun that you can think of? Um. So, well, yeah. So there. So a lot of our parties are themed. Um. So it could be, you know, like we had like a. I think the last theme we had was truly like pajama party where everyone wore a onesie. Oh, that sounds um, so great. Yeah, it was just fun. And we all got to show off our onesies and then, you know, whatever we had on underneath them. Um, But one of the I did take a hiatus for a little bit um, because I broke my ankle. So I wasn't able to I don't think I would have been much fun, like hobbling around on crutches, like at one of the parties. So I was gone for about uh, about nine months. I didn't go to a party. And the, the the next party that I went to was 
the 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 theme was just kink. So, you know, we had people who showed up in, you know, latex or they showed up in leather or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever kink they were into. And I remember um, at that party specifically, a lot there were a lot more toys. So at every party, there you know there are toys uh, that people bring that the the host lays out. Um, so I remember at this party there were a lot of there was a lot of rope and there were a lot of like different things for impact play. Um, so I had never uh, used a riding crop on anyone, and I had never had a riding crop used on me. So that was really fun. Um, I'd been tied up for the first time, which is, oh my goodness, if you've never been tied up before, I highly recommend it. Um, even if, like, there are ways, like, th- there was a, a, a demo of how to do, like, a self-harness, like, a self-tie, which was really fun. Um, so now that's, like, a staple that I, like, keep at home. And sometimes when I'm bored, I'll just go on on YouTube and learn how to, like, tie new fancy knots or, like, how to like make pretty like a pretty rope job (laughs) so yeah so those are some of the things that some other things that these parties have kind of introduced me to oh wow i love the idea that some of these were themed yeah there's and there's not always a theme usually the bigger parties have themes um and we kind of come up with them on the fly like i know that we wanted to have like a we wanted to do like a cosplay again super nerds like there was like gonna be a cosplay theme was gonna be the next one um there was kink there was there were like just color parties like i think like we did a like a red party just you know things to spice it up i just want to say i love this community like if i could <laughs> I, I would definitely try to get to one of these boston parties yeah they're 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 a ton of fun and everyone is super super nice super open um, it's, it's a really good time. I, I re I think I really did luck out because I feel like other swingers that I talk to or like people, other people who engage in group sex are like, yeah, like this seems, this seems unreal. Um, but it's, it's really great. Everyone's, everyone's awesome. So you just stumbled into the best version of this. Well, yeah. <laughs> so do you have any advice to anyone who may be trying to host their own or are having their own parties, you know, some of them may be on this call wondering what, what advice can you give from the wonderful parties you've been to? Um, I think a big component to the parties that I've been to is that the organizers, I think a lot of people think you can just throw it together, but I, I, I don't even think I understand how much organizing goes into it and how much work really goes into it. Cause I've never done it, but just seeing what, you know, the organizers do for the parties. It is a lot of work, but if you're willing to, you know, do the work to make sure that you have like a, you foster a really great community. Um, I think that's a big part of it. Um, and, you know, to start small, like I said, this group started out as, you know, six couples then it went to, you know, nine couples. And, you know, now it's the biggest party I think we had was, you know, the 50 people. Um, so quality over quantity. Um, and making sure that you're, you know, you foster, foster a community. Well, all right, then. All right, that's down for, you know, whoever's out there that wants to know. Not necessarily. Right. Not for sham, for other people. <laughs> sure. <laughs> wink, wink. Got it. Absolutely. So, Amber, if people were interested in finding you to date you or just to talk to you and get to know you some more, where could they find you? 
Um, you can find me on Instagram at AMS, A-Y-M-B-S, and Twitter at AMS, A-Y-M-B-S. See, simple, continuity, so important. <laughs> Love it. So thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate it. Um, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Right? Such an amazing time. I'm definitely going to be rolling up into the Boston area one day so I can meet your swinger friends because yes. they sound like a blast. Hit me up. Come up here anytime. I'll show you I'll show you around the city and v- introduce you to some people. <laughs> Oh, okay. So you guys got to take that part off the air. (laughs) (laughs) Off the air for the rest. (laughs) Once again, we want to thank Amber for agreeing to be on the podcast. And you can, of course, find her on Twitter and Instagram. I'll make sure to put the links for her social media handles in the show notes. Now, let's talk about the important stuff. We are having some changes happening here at Monogamish Pod. Uh, some shifts in how we're recording, when we're going to start releasing content. If you're on our Patreon, I made a post about some of these things. I'm not going to dive too deep into the details here, but just know that there are some changes that are coming as it relates to how we put out our episodes, who's going to be on them, the kind of things that we discuss. So if you notice that things are a bit different, I want you to keep an eye out and just roll with the punches. Accept us as we come, y'all. That's all we ask for you to do. Just love us. Just love us here. And I also want to let you guys know that there will be a brief hiatus that's going to be happening at the end of April slash beginning of May. Now, I do have content that is recorded that I can put out, but I'm not sure I'll be able to edit it in time because I am moving out of my apartment. I'm moving out of my apartment, y'all. I'm getting out of this space, getting into a new space, and your girl will need time to pack and unpack, if that makes sense. So, of course, I will let you know as soon as it's happening and when the brief hiatus is going to be. Um, hopefully, Shem will be able to put some stuff together for you guys while I'm gone, but just in case you can't, uh, you know, it is what it is. In the interim, <laughs> we have like over 60 episodes that are out in the ether. If this is your first episode with Bot, hello. Hi, welcome to the family. You can find us at monogamishpod.com. That's where I post the detailed show notes, transcripts, um, you know, links to the episodes are all there. You can check that out. Um, You can also find us on your favorite podcatcher of choice. We record using Anchor, so that means that we're automatically on Spotify. You can also find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, the Polk and Kaboom. You can find us everywhere. Um, If you are finding us on Apple Podcasts, however, we would like it if you would uh, rate and review us. We'd appreciate it five-star rating just saying that would be nice um you can also find us on social media so i do have a facebook page for the podcast which is very underutilized but it's facebook.com slash monogamish pod you will most likely find me on instagram and twitter at monogamish pod um we post the three most recent episodes on soundcloud for now um, so you can find those three most recent episodes up there if that's how you prefer to consume your content. Um, I have two other podcasts. I am on Stacked Podcast, which comes out monthly, just talking about romance novels and romance-related media. I'm also on the Bachelorette's Podcast. We mostly cover reality dating TV shows. We've covered the last season of The Bachelor. We covered the last season of The Bachelorette. And right now we're talking about Bridgerton. Don't ask me why I did that. Um, speaking of Bridgerton, actually, um, I want to play you guys a little thing about Bridgerton. I'm going to play it right now, actually. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Did you know that 82 million households tuned into at least one episode of Bridgerton on Netflix the first month it was available? 
And did you know that Bridgerton is based on a romance novel series by Julia Quinn? Lots of people who have never picked up a romance novel before are dipping in as a result of the Netflix adaptation. If you are one of those people who don't identify as a romance reader, but decided to read one or more of the Bridgerton novels as a result of watching the show, I am asking for your help. That's right, you. My name is Andrea Martucci, and I'm currently working on a research project to discover how Bridgerton fans are engaging with romance novels and how they perceive the romance fiction genre. I am the host of a podcast devoted to unpacking romance novels called Shelf Love Podcast. What I want to understand is how people get into romance or don't and how new readers perceive genre conventions. So here's how you can take part in this research project. I have a survey that probably just takes about five minutes to fill out. You can find the survey and learn more about the research project by going to bit.ly slash Bridgerton Research. That's bit.ly slash Bridgerton Research. You can also find more information on my website, shelflovepodcast.com. Thank you so much for helping with this project. I really appreciate you. That link one more time is bit.ly slash Bridgerton Research. So if you want to sign up for the Bridgerton Research Project, go to the link. It's going to be in our show notes. Um, also, I mentioned Patreon earlier. You should find us on Patreon. Like You should find us there. We post behind the scenes content. You get some news about the Haps on Malagwinshad before it pops out anywhere else. And uh, there will be merch. There will be merch. Especially coming from our merch shops. If you're not a patron, you can also go to our merch shop to get amazing items that we have designed so that's monogamishpod.com slash shop the little shop button is there it'll take you directly to our threadless site or you can do monogamishpod.threadless.com i think that's it did i say the link right well shit i guess we're about to find out um, again all of our links all of this will be in our show notes you guys don't have to worry about remembering it as i said it out loud i really hope you don't try to remember this because this is not the best um I think that's all I have for you, but I will say if you think that you should be on the podcast, if you have a story that you would like to be featured, you can reach out to us via email, monogamishpod at gmail.com, or you can just send a DM on Twitter or Instagram, letting me know why you think your non-monogamous story is a story to be told. I'm open to it. I'm open to all ideas. Just saying, y'all can do that. And that is all she wrote, kids. Shout out once again to altplayground.net for sponsoring us, being a supporter, and introducing us to some amazing other lifestyle podcasts. Also, shout out to our friends at Get Too Bright. Um, they're an amazing Jamaican clothing line, and you can find their items on getoobright.com. Link as well in our show notes. And you can use code monogamish to get 10% off your order, actually. So you should do that. Now... I'm going to let you all go. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'm Jen, and this is the Monogamish Pod. Have a great night. Bye.